Hey everyone, welcome back to the District 3 Podcast, episode 232. My name is Irvin. And this is Elena. And I'm Migs. And Migs was here setting up uh, the camera a few minutes ago, so if you hear some uh, heavy breathing <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast, that's Migs. I'm just telling everybody so they won't think it's me. I just did a NASCAR uh, setup. Doof, doof, doof. I know, yeah, but no. hey, we're, we're here, and uh, and how how have y'all been? It's been, uh, what, about a week, and, or is it a week and a half since we... No, we was did it a it week? Last week? Yeah, so yeah. I what don't think I was here last week. Though. That's yeah, probably what it was. Yeah, because yeah. it's been two weeks for you, Elena. Yeah, I woke up late. I slept in. Hey, I Yay. understand. <laughs> hey, you just had a baby. You got things to do, so yeah. you so. don't gotta. There's no excuses uh, <laughs> um, for you. Uh, you, um, how has being a mom continued to be these past few weeks? It's been fine. She really likes people. Like at home, she's always throwing a fit. So I try to get out of the house with her and she just loves people. She loves to people watch and she's a lot more chill mm. and like takes naps where she doesn't take naps at home. So I'm trying to take her out more. Oh, and now officially she's how many weeks? She is uh, nine weeks, almost 10 oh, weeks wow. now. So she's still really, really small, but I don't put her around people. Like we're just, you know, people are near us, but not. Cause there's so many there's so many <laughs> things going around right now, like especially for like little kids. Yeah. Like, or is it called R? Is it RS? Yeah, that's so with other kids. Like you know, she can get that from other kids, but nobody oh, yeah. touches her but me. Oh wow. And I just kind of keep my distance too, do some work. And not even Jasper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is mine. No. Yeah, but it's like but. wearing the wearing masks. I think is like super important for like kids and stuff, and just yeah, yeah. And we don't really like we don't really. No one really holds her except us or puts her close to her except us. So, you know, um, we're avoiding daycare as much as we can. We'll see how that goes within the next couple of weeks when I have to go back. It's expensive, daycare. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe we were talking about that and some other podcast. Mm. And how have you been, Mix? What have you been up to? Oh, man, that's a hard question. Uh, <laughs> Everything. W- what month are we in? <laughs> yeah, I know. This is January. Yeah, uh, not much, man. Uh, I've been doing podcasts, uh, hanging out at home. And like I said, mm. my slow season kicked in halfway through last month. And, well, next week I'll be working again. I'll be in Houston for a week. And then I got Dallas and OKC. Mm. So work's coming. But uh, right now I've just been kicking back. i actually been doing a lot of stuff with my house. Uh, okay. Yeah, not like big work, but just... It just getting it to look right. Like, I, I, I got a bar. Remember I told you I wanted a bar? Yeah. Okay. And, and then I'm getting some kind of fine alcohol to put in my bar. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then so I, I got a little sidebar. And then, so I take pictures. And I have this one picture of B.B. Uh, Kings in, uh, in, in Memphis. Memphis? Yeah, yeah. But I just have the sign. I took that picture. Anyway. I, I had it, a canvas made out of it, mm. and I put it right above the bar. So I'm pretty, I'm pr- pretty proud of it right That's now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Once, uh, <laughs> once dry January is over, hopefully you'll invite me over so we can <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. have a drink at that bar. Um, but hey, I told you off the air, but I wanted to tell you on the air that you know people have been saying that the videos that you've been putting up that you've been filming are, are really good. So props, hey, yeah. props hey, on that. Right. The quality, the quality's been really <laughs> nice, and and uh, the clip that you that you choose have been has been really good. So it's been getting people's attention. Yeah. So I just kind of I wanted to give you, you know, some props. Yeah, thank you. And this is and this is not even like like the full spectacle or what I can do. This is the run and gun, like get it Dude. set up real quick because He's saying we can get, get we can get three more lights in here and have her really looking <laughs> like a supermodel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> She'll be popping off the back. She have rim lights. Hey. So yeah. <laughs> but and um how was your trip in New York? It was really good. I won't talk uh, maybe I feel like I have to record a whole episode on that. <laughs> like, it's just a lot, but it was it was just 
cool. Like, you know, I asked a lot of people before I went that had gone to New York, like, what was their experience and stuff? And there were some people that were like, oh, it's amazing and all this stuff. But there was a lot of people that were like, the people are rude. Like, it's just really dirty. Like, just giving me this negative. Yeah, uh, and I saw Myra's post that you guys, like, didn't run into that. And I didn't no, either. People, people were nice. so awesome in New York. People I think they just, just say that so people, people are just busy. There. People are busy. Like, they have a lot of stuff to do. And one of the things that we have to realize, I think Myra pointed this out, is that you know, people walk everywhere. So they're like on the move all the time. Like, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily rudeness, but um, I also, one of the things that a friend said was like, they don't, people don't don't give you like, sometimes like the fake Southern hospitality that they do yeah. here. Cause sometimes people are extra nice to you here, but they're not, maybe their intentions aren't true, you know? Uh, but over there, people are just kind of real. Uh, I, I, I felt. I've heard that before from a New Yorker. Uh, she used to do, like audio for Broadway, but uh, she she would say like the difference between like California people and New York people is that when you go and talk to a Californian, they're like, oh my God, like how are you? How are things been? You know, yeah. like everything being good. How are the kids and blah blah blah. New York is kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah what do you it, want? Yeah, keep it moving. Yeah. And but yeah. like in a good way. <laughs> yeah. But like in a good yeah. way. And I like, I'm okay with that. And I think there's gonna be like rude people everywhere, but I guess our experience overall was was nice and. Yeah. And yes, there was trash, but there's trash sometimes, like in different cities around here too. Like it's it's okay. Yeah, there is yeah. probably more trash in Nor- in New York than Man, in Northwest Arkansas. I remember right? being in the Bentonville Square for the first time in my life, and I was like, "Is this a movie? Like not <laughs> a single a speck set. of dust on the floor." Yeah, and I was that like, place is pretty clean though. Yeah. That looks. Every time I walk there, I feel like I'm like in some like like Forrest Gump or something, some yeah. some movie. Um, but yeah, overall, New York was nice. Definitely recommend to people. If anybody needs any kind of tips, now I'm kind of like the person that can kind of give a little <laughs> tips here and there just because I'm, I was there for like two days, so <laughs> two or three days. So if anybody, I have, I've had people message me on Instagram. They were like, oh, I'm going there for my birthday or I'm doing this. So like if anybody needs some like minor tips or stuff, like yeah. hit me up, you know, yeah. for real. So like take, take money though, because it's, it's pretty expensive. Uh. I feel. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> but today, today's interview I'm excited about. Um, we actually have someone who we're talking to for the first time, and we're doing it on the podcast. She's actually one of the founding members of the SIA uh, sorority here in the University of Arkansas, Fayetteville. Um, and she does a lot of other things. So I'm excited to just to have this conversation with her and uh, and learn more about her and learn more about, you know, some of the things she's done. Uh, Gabriela Cáceres. Gabby Cáceres, thank you for, for joining us today. Hey. Yeah. Thank you for welcome, being here. We appreciate you being here. One of the things that we were talking about is that you showed up on uh, Salvadorian time. You showed up early. <laughs> and, uh, and then Miguel showed up on Salvadorian time, but the opposite. You showed up like... <laughs> <laughs> like like 30 minutes late but um cpt yo hey but we're, you, we're all in this together for well first thank you for for showing up and for and for being here uh i bet i bet that you probably have a busy schedule so making time for us on this side of town i i really appreciate it um i want to talk a little bit i guess first like give a little background information on who you are um where is your family originally from in el salvador yeah um, first off, thank you all for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And I have to say, Miguel, I'm a little offended. I don't look like a supermodel right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, no, but quick background for me. My parents, both my parents, mom and dad, are from El Salvador. My dad came here first, then mom came, and then my brother and I actually came with my grandma as kind of that last final wave of migration and mm-hmm. really driven by the poultry plants. Mm-hmm. There is that big need for labor and there at the time was a civil war going on in El Salvador. Mm. My actually only uncle on my dad's side had passed away in that war and there was still a lot of just threats and just not safe. I mean, 
I have to own that El Salvador has been rough for the longest mm. time until this new president came in, and it's much, much safer now. Everybody should go visit. <laughs> so uh, do you think that, like, because you came directly to Arkansas, right? Yes. So you're not one of those people that, like like us, that make their first stop in California mm-hmm. and then and then end up over here. Um, so your parents, what, what part of El Salvador were they from? They're from Santana, so from a really small little town called Masawat. That's where I was actually born. Mm-hmm. I came when I was three, so, I mean, I don't remember anything from there. Mm. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to go back. But I do I officially have a flight booked for this year, May oh, wow. 30th. Oh, wow. I'm so excited to be able, after almost 30 years at this point, to go back and see my roots, see where I am come from, learn more, and really just be submersed in it. And it's mm. it's very meaningful for me. And I'm very grateful for the group of girls that are going to go with me. One of them is actually one of my sorority sisters that also helped found the chapter here okay. at the University of Arkansas. So. I just, I literally cried when I booked that flight. <laughs> do, do you think that there's going to be like a um, culture shock when you go over there? Because you haven't been there in 30 years. I don't know. I think that's a great question. I will say I'm going to do the super touristy version of El Salvador, which, again, the new president has done a great job of not only cleaning up the country, but also making it welcoming and fun and exciting mm-hmm. for the world to go visit. And for me, like, I love all things outdoor. Like, I love to say that I'm solar powered, and I swear I am. (laughs) So I'm excited to just, you know, go see the, explore the waterfalls, the beaches, the lakes, the volcanoes, like, just get out there in nature and also get to know my country through the beauty that it has. And, Uh and of course, the food. Like, I I love to eat. I love to cook. Mm. all, All the foods. All the foods. Was was safety one of the reasons why you didn't go back? Yeah, that was one for, for quite some, I mean, so when we came, like we were able to get like a temporary permit. Mm-hmm. So the first barrier was just I couldn't travel. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get my residency until literally like I kid you not, like four months before I graduated high school. So there was a little bit oh, of wow. a little bit of what's going to happen with my future if I if this doesn't come through. And then after that, it was I was broke. Yeah. <laughs> I was in college. I was at the University of Arkansas. After that, I. Um, I met someone that just didn't feel comfortable going mm. to to the to my country because he, you know, he was concerned about safety, mm-hmm. which you know, you travel even here, there's a lot of places that aren't safe. You just got to be smart, you mm-hmm. got to be aware, you got to be careful. But I hold on to hope that this person was going to one day agree mm-hmm. and feel more comfortable and go with me. It didn't work out. It didn't mm-hmm. work out between us. It didn't work out in doing that. So now that that's that we've moved on, like I, I I'm doing this for me, mm-hmm. and fortunately for me, I still have a really group, great group of people that surround me that are more than eager to to do this journey and this adventure mm-hmm. with me. So I'm so excited! Like I, I've been looking up all the TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> we went to uh, Myra and I went to Zacatecas about like seven or six months ago. I forgot. Just time's just been going all over the place. But um, it's listed in America's like a uh, list of, of cities you shouldn't go to mm-hmm. because it's so dangerous. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit concerned mm-hmm. myself. You know, I was just like, damn, like, I'm a U.S. citizen. Like, I'm very, I don't say I'm whitewashed, but I'm very, Amer- <laughs> I'm very Americanized. Yeah. Uh, but I, you. but I can hang. I can <laughs> hang with like the brownest of the brownest. You know, I can, I can talk slang and stuff. <laughs> but like, I, I was worried. And mm-hmm. I remember that I, I, w- I would tell my friends, kind of joking, but kind of not joking, like, hey, if I don't make it, guys, like, you know, holding down. You're just kidding. <laughs> but, but for real, Take like, care of my dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, be, I would be like, I'm just concerned about this. And then I ended up going, and I was fine. Yeah. And, and 
because I, because we were smart about it. We're not out hanging out in the nightclubs at like four in the morning. Exactly. Oh, we're see, not but, but that'd be me. I know that. Yeah. that'd be you. But... Miguel, Miguel, you can't go. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you can't go. We got kidnapped. It was crazy, bro. He's like, how that top to fun? What do you say, Elena? I would say like even like with that being said, you know, sometimes just traveling, just the drive. Sometimes if someone knows, you know, it, it is and safety has been. Are you going to visit a lot of the touristy things you said? Kind of like. Oh, yeah, for so. sure. It's like safer route that way you know exactly yeah. i think at this point my biggest concern is i am going to be the designated driver while there i'm hoping the streets aren't crazy um mm. my mom gave me a heads up she's like the only thing you need to watch out for is stray dogs just kind of like shooting out while you're driving uh, yeah. so she's Doggies. like just be careful drive slow which i would do either way but i, I mean i'm not i'm not fearful at this mm. point yeah like do your parents visit often? Yes, okay. yes. My so parents have gone fine. a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's. Oh my goodness. So there's a coworker that she's from in Salvador. She's been giving me so much crap for not going. Mm. And she, because she went in July, she went again in December. She's like, Gabby, it is so safe. It is so fun. What are you waiting for? Yeah. I was like, I know it's not me. <laughs> do you have? Um, do you still have family over there? Oh yeah, yeah. And are are you? I don't want to put pressure on you, but are you going to like try to stop by or like that's not the, the plan this time? I don't know. So there, I'm still waiting to see if my mom goes. Like if oh. my mom and my little brothers, her husband, if they end up going, absolutely. Like I, mm-hmm. I definitely want to go see like where I was born, where I grew up at least for, for those few years yeah. and just, again, where I come from. Would I go by myself? I don't know. I mean, I do have aunts over mm-hmm. there that I would feel comfortable visiting at least. And again, I'm going to have a car, so yeah. It's not too crazy, maybe. Because uh, you know, part of El Salvador. Were you there? Were you born or yeah? I was born in Masawat, okay. but like right now, I have an itinerary. We're gonna hit Santana, go to the volcano, then we're gonna go down to the coast to like all the beach beaches, like to um, it's called El Tunco, where it's like uh-huh. some of the best surfing in the world. Yeah, I've, I've seen TikTok. That. I've yeah. seen TikToks. Yeah. yeah, the the reason why I ask because you know, like you know, sometimes like relatives will get like upset if like they see you in their country and you know is it like because like i I know like my mom i was telling her i was like oh i kind of want to go to mexico city that's kind of we want to go visit and my mom was like but you're not going to come to guanajuato like well you're going to come to mexico i feel like el salvador is easier because it's like the size of like maine you know yeah yeah, is it really i didn't know it's super small but look i mean the the tiktoks that uh, presidente bukele has been posting like Mm -hmm. Makes makes El Salvador look like it's the place to be right now. Like yeah. the, I've been seeing like the playas, and I've been seeing like they have this big old library where they have like this whole Harry Potter section. The only thing I'm kind of iffy about is uh, what is that 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 currency they're going to? Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, oh. I, think they, I think they stopped. Okay, they stopped. good. Because I don't trust that. Thing. I think <laughs> I, 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 they have a dollar. I think it failed or something like that. Though, oh, okay. What they were trying to do. Yeah, failed. it just kept going negative for a while. Like they couldn't convince me. I had people trying to sell me, and they couldn't. Like they would. I couldn't get it. And I if you would have done it, guy. like five or six years ago, you would have been a millionaire. Hey, it's well, gone no. back up. Oh, I've got oh, a little it, bit of Bitcoin here. It, it, it has it has <laughs> gone back yeah. up here recently. It goes, yeah, it goes up, it goes down. And then it's like, like, like have hope, have hope. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's some people like some people do use it in random spots, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, mm. like when you want to traffic stuff. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Well, that that's cool, Gabby. That you're getting the opportunity to go over there. You're going with your friends. Hopefully, you're able to kind of. Uh, you know, feel like like I'm in my in my homeland. Yeah. And you take something out of it because yeah. it's beautiful whenever you're able to go to like where your roots came from, and even if it's not like directly with your family, but just being on that land, I think it's such a cool experience. Yeah, so. I'm extremely extremely looking forward to it, and it's not like it's super tough to get there, right? 
I'm not going to feel guilty about making this first trip a little bit more about myself and just being extremely selfish with my time. But I'll, I will also be there for a week and a half. So there'll, there'll, mm. there'll be time. That's cool. That's cool. So you're going with like a good group of like, what, four or five friends? Yeah, there's going to be four of us. So three of my best girlfriends. Mm. They're the best. That's yeah. legit. So uh, then they also, this is going to be their first time too? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they did yeah. not hesitate. They're like, girl, we'll go with you. So they're doing it for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those my, are good friends. My mom likes going out there. They're the best. Uh, I mean, you can ball on a budget over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, like she stays at a nice hotel in the yeah. resort. And then and then she's like, has her choice of breakfast, Americano or Salvadoreño. Which one do you want? Yeah. <laughs> Does she bring back cheese? Uh, she used to. She, she doesn't she anymore. Doesn't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just sounds like a Salvador is just a more safer place to go now, based on what I hear. I Every time I talk to a Salvadorian, I ask about Bukele, they're like, over the moon yeah, on him. Yeah, like, I don't think yeah. I've heard any, like, from Salvadorians, yeah. you know? Um, they, they, they knew what it was like before. Yeah. I think he, he did, I mean, he hasn't been perfect. Bitcoin yeah. is a perfect example, right? Yeah. But he did what a lot of prior presidents wasn't able to do, which was stop the crime, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That was the scariest part for the people there, for the visitors there, and really hindering growth and development and prosperity. Mm. And he, he, he hasn't been perfect, but he got that part right. Yeah, And it's only up from there. I mean, I think, I think people like want him to continue being president. I think he technically is almost is is almost done or should be done his term. But like they did something in the constitution where like people want to vote for him again or something oh, like that. Yeah, like he's, he's gonna trump it. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. But I mean, just people people really like him. And and if if Salvadorian residents and citizens are seeing good in their in their country, you know, mm-hmm. like with with crime and all that, that's great. Yeah. And. Hopefully that gives more people the opportunity from the U.S. to go visit. Yeah, I think that's what I'm more excited about, that the world will then see uh, see us in a better light, right? And see the country in a, in, actually see the country, like physically, literally see the country. But also feel just overall, as a Salvadorian, prouder to say, hey, that's where I'm from. That's where I grew up. Not that I haven't yeah. been proud historically. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always loud and proud about where I'm from and who I am. But it's it's exciting, and I, I cannot wait. Like, So it sounds like you're a risk taker. You, would you call yourself that? I would. I mean, I like I I like to have fun, and I think one of the one of the motos that I try to think through is like, and I don't always do it because it's difficult, right? It's difficult to get out of your comfort zone and do something different. But life is short, and mm. you got to ask yourself like, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Mm. Be mindful of risk. Like, mm-hmm. don't go and get in a car accident or break a leg or something. But don't miss out on opportunities that are right in front of you just because you're scared Mm. and don't miss out a happiness because you're scared. Yeah, definitely. I think that like going a little bit back to what you said about it, being hopefully a place where people feel like proud and want to go back. I mean, it sounds like things are popping over there right now. For example, they just had the Miss Universe there mm-hmm. I think like two months ago. Tonight, Messi is over there playing against the Selección de Salvador. Oh, you mean uh, a week ago? It comes out a week later. Yeah. I mean, they know, they know, they know that we're, we're recording. He called you out, man. He called you out. <laughs> but, oh, that game was crazy. I can't believe Salvador won like that. I can't believe <laughs> 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 They're going to know you're lying because, I mean, I mean, Messi, Messi's Let's in. not go there. Let's <laughs> just stop. I don't think that can beat old... We have Salvadorian listeners, so I'll say I'll (laughs) plead the fifth on that one. Um, So you went to high school in Rogers. Uh, Yes. Was it uh, Heritage? Heritage? Uh Uh-huh. You were part of the first generation of there, right? Correct. 2010. First graduating class. We graduated in the same year, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And um, there seems to be a lot of people that came out of that generation that 
you know, did good things at the university, that did like different groups or, or were involved in student government and stuff. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on is that you were one of the founders of, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, of the CIA fraternity. Can you say Sorority. the full name? Sorority. Yeah. Can you so say the full name? The formal name is Hermandad de Sigma Yota Alpha Incorporada. Mm. Easy. Right? Yeah. But I will say, I love saying the full name because it shows the intentionality that me and the other six founders that started it at the University of Arkansas, because it is, I believe to this day, the the first and only Latina sorority in the state of yeah. Arkansas, which says a lot. Mm-hmm. But we did want to make sure that we were bringing in an organization that was going to tie back to our values, like mm-hmm. at our core. And to your point, like a lot of those women that did start this organization with me graduated from Rogers. Actually, mm-hmm. most of us graduated from Heritage in 2010. And as I think about the foundation or the the hardships and similarities that we all kind of went through together and also the positives. Like I know you just had Mrs. A. Dr. Arnhart on here and she was definitely a role model and such a big, heavy yeah. influence for us. But we are also all Latinas that are first generation that are all in this trying to be the best that we can be and really show not only ourselves that we deserve and can do this, but also our parents. Mm. And I'm going to try not to cry when I say this, but crying is permitted. (laughs) But growing up like for me and everybody's story is different, right? For me, I felt and like I've grown a lot and I've been able to reflect a lot, but I felt that I didn't have the most supportive parents. And I Mm realized now that it wasn't that they didn't support me is that they didn't believe it was possible. Mm -hmm. And it was difficult to still push and work hard and get good grades and ensure that you're applying for scholarships, involving yourself in soccer and student council and national honor society without having that support of my parents. But we had the support of each other. Like I think about my national honor society initiation, like my mom wasn't there, my dad wasn't there, mm-hmm. but one of the girls that's going with me to Salvador, she was there. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was there rooting me on. Mm-hmm. And we were able to really leverage each other's strengths and support mm-hmm. and knowledge to become who we are now. And I'm so proud of all of us. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't, it hasn't been, it hasn't been easy, right? Like, especially with the dynamics of unfortunately, the Latino culture with the so rooted sexism, the this idea that the woman is there to serve and that's your job, mm-hmm. keep your head down, and that's all that matters. And there are still people that, even in our generation, that were like, well, that's tradition. Like, it's tradition. I'm like, okay, I get that it's tradition, but that doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. That yeah. doesn't mean that we shouldn't challenge the status quo. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be okay with somebody treating me that way. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to stand up to your family and mm-hmm. say, that is not okay. I'm not going to allow mm-hmm. that in my household. I do not want my kids to say that. Mm-hmm. But what's even more difficult is saying it to someone that's not your family that is also doing those same, what I think, terrible practices Mm. that makes sense i think you know i never really thought about it that way the way that you just described which makes sense like the word hermandad is there right Mm -hmm. of sisterhood of of being there supportive me i didn't have those experiences so from the outside i never really understood like fraternities or sororities like i didn't really get it until i kind of been speaking to people like you you know other people and, and realize that you know certain life situations sometimes like requires people to try to find other people that are going through similar situations like them so that they can support one another, mm-hmm. right? And, and you also brought up an interesting point, which is um, not having your parents there. 
right, during those important moments, like, and it's not because they didn't want to be there, like, for me, per se, like, it's sometimes, like, they couldn't, they didn't Mm -hmm. understand what was going on, they were going to be an outlier, an outcast, you know, the, you're the only Hispanic kid sometimes being honored at these things, and, you know, they don't know what, how how to understand, or what the flyer's going to be like, or how people are going to be dressed, like, all these things that are in the back of their head. Or they're working at night. Yeah, or they're working, (laughs) yeah, like, you know, they try but they can't. One of the things that I think about too all the time is that our parents, a lot of times, they don't have the tools that we have to really understand Mm -hmm. why something is important as like that ceremony that you're talking about. Or, you know, like... There was a quote, and I'm I'm paraphrasing it because I don't I forgot exactly what it said. But there was something about how like our parents didn't really have the privilege that we had to dream. Exactly. Beyond. Yeah. yeah. Our parents were like, we're here, like y'all have food. Like, okay, this is this is what I can do. I'm just gonna continue doing this so it can be stable enough for for my kids yep. to accomplish their dreams. But like us, like we have the ability to like dream. We've been here. We're not. We're mm-hmm. here now. We our parents like let us uh, allowed like. Our parents didn't stop us really from going to the university or or doing all these different things, and like we're able to think beyond what their wildest dreams yeah. could ever be. And I think is they they didn't believe they mm. didn't believe. Like I think about and I remember this moment like if it was yesterday. It was my junior year in high school, and we were coming back from dinner with my dad. I was in the backseat of the car. We were turning into his neighborhood. He lived in an apartment over there in Rogers, and he looked me he looked at me in like the rear room mirror, and he was like, "Mija." ¿Qué vas a querer hacer cuando, cuando vayas a, a la universidad? And at the time, I wanted to be a pediatrician. So I was like, well, you know, kind of told him what, what I was thinking, where my mind was at. He literally starts laughing. He starts laughing. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. Like, eso dices ahorita, pero te vas a enamorar, te vas a embarazar y adiós escuela. Mm. I was so devastated because at that point, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I'm in four AP classes. I have like a four point plus GPA. I'm involved in soccer and student council and all these different organizations. I am busting my ass. Mm. Yeah. And you really don't believe in me. And to be honest, like yeah, to, between to put a stereotype on. You yes. Like and like between my mom and dad, my dad was the was always the one that he was more supportive. Like my mom was very much like, why haven't you washed the dishes? Why aren't you helping me mop? Why aren't you doing this? And like for me, I'm like, mom, do you ha- know how much homework I have? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to get this done. Like, have have you asked my brother? He's just playing video games in his room. Mm. And he'd be like, pero él, él es hombre. Are you, the, are you the oldest daughter? I'm the oldest daughter, yes. That's, that's the, <laughs> it's the, the oldest, worst. The <laughs> we, we have a reoccurring theme when we talk to, like, old, old, the oldest Latina daughter. It's like they yeah. always have the responsibility. It's rough out there. Like, they always go through the hardest. And then, like, when their siblings usually have it mm-hmm. easier. Like, they mm-hmm. don't have to interpret sometimes, you know, like the, yep. like the older person does. Um, but I, going back to what your dad said, I, I feel like he was probably projecting, you know, projecting what he thought, you know, the, ce- the glass ceiling was. And he d- doesn't have probably didn't have the tools that you have because like yep. you, now you're here like you went to the university you you see the opportunities yeah. like people are are drawn to to what you're doing and like and unfortunately like our our parents didn't have that and yeah. and, and it, it, but it still sucks though it yeah. still sucks for you to even have to had to experience that uh, to yeah. try to convince your parents that you can that you were that you did a good job and I can do yeah. this, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it's like not understanding <laughs> homework. Yeah. Like exactly. Magnitude of, it, it, yeah. just, it sucks when, like, the, the people that are supposed to protect us are the ones that are stopping us from things, you know? Like, one of the things that I was talking about the other day 
you know, a lot of us got hit when we were kids by our Latino parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, still do to this day. <laughs> 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 like, chancla doesn't stop. You know, and I was telling, I was telling Myra, I was like, the person protect that's supposed to protect you when you're a kid and that you feel is the one that's supposed to protect you is hurting you. Yeah. Like I couldn't like when we have whenever we have kids, like I don't see myself ever hitting my kids because yeah. I'm the one that's supposed to protect them. Like and and I'm and they're gonna be scared of me. Like I'm gonna be a wall. Like and I'm gonna be a tr- I'm gonna create trauma in their <laughs> life. Yeah. Like I just I just can't can't imagine that. I think I had a lot of barrier in communication with my parents because they would get mad or upset at whatever thing that I was going through. So I couldn't tell them anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I got I used to live in a two story, so I got lucky because every time my mom got mad, boo, book it up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> she can't catch me. <laughs> <laughs> can't catch me now. Yeah. That's funny. That's really funny. Oh man, but um, that's. Thanks for sharing that, though, because I feel like people are probably still going through a situation like that because even in today's today's parents, you know, there's still a lot of parents that don't believe in their kids. There's still a lot of parents that don't don't, understand. I don't think that it's not that they don't believe in their kids. It's not that they don't believe in you. It's that they just don't believe it's possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think about like with my parents, like even when I was at the U of A, which let me tell you, I full time student. For the most part, I worked full time, like, again, busting my ass. And I, there would be times where I would go with my dad and he's like, are you even still in school? I'm hearing from people that you're just partying all the time and that you aren't even going to your classes. Mm. And I was just like, I don't know who you're talking to, but I don't know those people. Yeah. First of all, um, who's this niche? <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, multitasking. They're we can filthy do, liars. We can yeah. do um, and don't get me wrong. Like, I had fun in undergrad. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to say I didn't. They probably didn't get invited to the party. Then. Right. That's the <laughs> um, but like, I feel like they both my mom and dad, they didn't believe it until they saw it. They did not believe it until they saw it. So when I finally walked that stage with my undergrad, mm. I swear the dynamics, the respect, the even the way that they would speak to me and the trust that they had in me mm-hmm. day and night. Mm. But even then. When I told them, like, okay, this this is my first stop. Like, I still want to go get my MBA. And they're like, okay, like, okay. Do you really need that? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's, it's not about me. Like, that's what I want. Like, mm-hmm. why not? I have the opportunity. Yeah. You brought me here for a reason. I want to continue, and I'm going to do it. Mm. And they're like, okay, okay. And I did it. And it was the same thing, right, when they were like, oh, shoot. She how just is, applied. Oh, shoot. Now? She got accepted. Oh, my gosh. Now it's so much better. Like, the... Not only the relationship that I have with more so my mom, I'm super close to her now, but her change in perspective. And she does respect the fact that my mindset is completely different from her. And Mm. I expect and see more for me as a woman, for if and when I have a daughter, for my sister, for my cousins. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, like, I see what you're doing. Like, I I understand that you guys, like, in terms of, household dynamic are a team and things are split up and you guys both work hard and Mm. things in the house should also be split up and so it doesn't mean that she's doing it in her household i mean she's still very much her traditional salvadorian mom Mm. but she respects understands and has been able to really reflect and make me feel seen and why why I'm doing what I'm doing and it's not anything against her or anything against her tradition or I'm not trying to call her out that what she did or how she raised me was wrong. It's just the best she could do. Yeah. I think that's that's an important point to make that it is the best 
that they can do. And I can never, I can never be like, oh, it's okay for them to, to, to treat you that certain, to treat you that way that they treated you or, or reacted to the way they treated you. But it's, it is always important to go back to that whole, like, that is the best that they could do. Yeah. Right. And so thinking about the future, if you ever decide that you want to have kids or, or if you don't, um, how would you change that? Like, how would you break that generational trauma to be different to yeah. the next generation of, of your oh, man. family? I can talk about this in itself for like three hours. But I think for me, whether I have a baby boy or baby girl or both, it's understanding at the end of the day, we're all human. And guess what? You have hands and feet. If you're a girl, you have hands and feet. If you're a boy, you need to know how to eat. If you're a boy, you need to know how to eat. If you're a girl, you need to know how to do your laundry. You need to know how to be a grown adult. And more importantly, you need to also not only expect that from your life partner, but work with your life partner to, to understand, like, I'm, I'm not your mom. Mm. I'm not your maid. I also have a full-time job, unless, of course, they decide not to have a full-time job, and that's totally fine. That changes the dynamics. But I think it's just reminding them we're all human regardless of gender. We all want to be successful. We all want to be and feel loved, cared for, important, and prioritized. And just because we grow up from a household and we see still to this day that you go to a party and las mujeres les sirven todos los hombres, what the hombres go do, mm-hmm. they, they sit down in their oh, chair. I love those parties, man. They just bring you a fucking place. <laughs> it's the worst. We, we change, we just like, I want to, I want to uh, brag. We, we, we kind of changed that, my wife and I. We don't, we don't do the whole like you bring me a play kind of thing. Even though like we'll do it sometimes, where it's like if I'm at her family's house, just yeah. because I feel weird going into the kitchen and stuff like at her house, like like she'll give me my plate of food. Or if we're at my family's house, then I'll get the plate of food. But if it's like some like neutral, yeah, it's, it, we either we take turns. Like it's not one of those things where it's like I expect to my, yeah. to be over here drinking a beer and like have my wife like give me a. <laughs> That's that's cringe. No, I, I, the first time I had brought like a boy over and I served him a plate, my mom was like, Elena, don't you ever serve a man a plate ever again because there. then they're gonna go mom. Yeah. Yo she's mom. Like, she's gonna expect you he's gonna expect you to do that every night. It, I mean she's stuck serving my dad. Elena's night. mom is a lawyer, so she knows her, but, her uh, and you know, she went to <laughs> she went to law school. I love powerful women. <laughs> and like when she was like in her thirties and all the women around her were like, you know, kinda talked bad to her. They mm-hmm. were like, Why are you gonna go why are you going back to school? Like, you know, women shouldn't have to do that and then but she gave them encouragement when she graduated, once they saw her on that stage and stuff. They were like, we can do this, too. We can go against our men and, you know, be educated, too. So it's And look, it's, it, I think it's good to have these kind of conversations because I'm not going to say that I was, like, 100% like not a sexist in any way. I feel like the sexism just kind of roots naturally from men. It's not an excuse. Yeah. But if you, don't, if you don't really take into consideration things that you can do as a guy to, like, be better, then that's a problem, right? 100%. And I will say that self-awareness, mm-hmm. self-awareness is key. Yes, in this conversation, but across everything, mm. everything. I think about like my career, like being a leader, being a leader in the household or being a leader in the community or being a leader in, the, in business or being a leader wherever you are, just being a human. Mm-hmm. Be self-aware. You can always be better. You can always learn. You can always ask for be- feedback and you should be asking for feedback and actually genuinely considering that feedback and reflecting on how can I be a better version of me? Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Like, uh, at least you know, like, oh, my gosh, look at all these things that were rooted, like, so deeply within me that 
it, it's fine, right? It's, it's fine if you did that, but now that you know better, do better. Yeah, I, I would say the first few months of marriage, I had a lot of stuff that I had to work on. And it was because like, before I got married, I was living with my mom. Like it was just me and my mom. And like, my mom was working all the time, so I wouldn't really, really see her. And one of my biggest things was like, even though I was clean to an extent, mm-hmm. I wasn't productive clean where I was like, I should probably mop randomly because mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we need to mop because mm-hmm. we don't yeah. want this. Like I wasn't thinking that way. And not to excuse me being like a guy and stuff, but like I just wasn't thinking that. And nowadays it's like I see my house dirty and I'm like, I got to mop. Or I got a, I got a, I got oh, a broom. Nice. Like I got to clean because it's like, this is also my responsibility. This is also yep. my house. Like, I also have equity in this house, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's, I got to, but yeah. And, and you're also an adult, yeah. more importantly. True, man. You're I'm also over an here adult. like, I need a cleaning lady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that works too, though. That or works guy, too. That's, guy. I don't <laughs> say that. Uh, but I, I think it's it like, like uh, not to mansplain what, uh, what you just said, but I mean, it does take you holding yourself accountable as a guy and, and take initiative, mm-hmm. you know, to be like, yeah. I probably need to do more if, if, if I see that, like, my partner is doing much more than I am. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think, Mix, you were going to say something like 15 minutes ago. Do you remember what it was? I, you were opening your mouth, and I and I kind of kept on talking, so my bad. Man, <laughs> I, I remember that. <laughs> I, I saw that, you that, open that, your that mouth. Interaction, but I, I saw you open your mouth, say. but I was like, I got this fire question I have to drop. Yeah, but yeah, we'll come yeah. back to you in case you don't. I mean, you know I'm not going to remember till like, when I'm at home tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like, just like, post it in the comments, Mix. Yeah. Um, but going back to the whole, the whole like, Edmandad thing, um, what is one of the things that, that you learned through that experience of, of being a founding member of the CS? And because uh, it was, was it for four years or was it, how long was, were you there at the university by the time that you created Yeah. It? So we, what we, like we call it cross, which I will say just so that, because I know like, honestly, when I went to the University of Arkansas, I remember when I was in orientation, I, heart, I heard a lot of like people saying, are you Russian? Are you Russian? I'm like, are you stupid? Obviously I'm not Russian. I thought they were saying like, oh, Russian. <laughs> Russia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was so confused. I was like, no, I'm not Russian. They were saying rushing, yeah. like sorority and fraternity, like historically Uh-oh. Caucasian. It's not the same. Like the Latina sororities and quite honestly, even the African-American sororities and fraternities, day and night, what that fraternity, sorority. I was going to say real quick about that Russian thing. Russians are were like darker skinned people with like brown eyes and then the Vikings came into town and took over their stuff and then they started having uh, blue eyed blonde babies the more you know yeah the but, more about to say that. but like Mila, uh, <laughs> the Mila, more you know Mila Kunis is Russian and she looks Hispanic AF yeah okay. that's true yeah, yeah. anyway so the, fact, so then sign up. who do, can, are you able to name the, the six uh, founding members of the CIA yeah just to give them some so, credit so um, Jessica Galan Carla Medina Magdalena Arroyo Rocio Aguayo and Rocio Bedoya, and then lastly Alejandra Gonzalez. Or okay. she's married now, Garcia. Okay, okay. Sorry, Ale. So, then, <laughs> so then, um, what what does it look like? Like, just because a lot of us, like, and I say a lot of us because me, um, we're very ignorant to yeah. what a fraternity sorority does. Well, what do they do at the? So university? I will say for keggers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, it's it's definitely different. Like it's think of it as an organization in a high school. I think of it almost like a student council. Honestly, you're you're essentially managing your own little business to an extent, which was super helpful in the field that I went to because that's very mm. real skills that I'm able to take in, like yeah. collaborating, managing a meeting, managing a planner, managing planning an event, understanding budgets, um, understanding conflict and how you deal through that. Mm. But for for the 
for the time that I was there, so crossed, what we call it crossed. Um, it was fall of 2011, so it was fall of my sophomore year in college. And then what is something that I really, really love about these organizations is you can essentially be an admin for life. You can be as involved or as uninvolved as you want because mm-hmm. there is a graduate chapter. So okay. after, mm-hmm, after we founded the undergrad chapter, a few of us got together and also founded the graduate chapter in the area because we really truly believe in the values and helping women be stronger women and being mm. bold and being unapologetic and breaking through these stereotypes and the opportunities that we as Latinos have across not only our obviously at home but across all different walks of careers mm. and some of us are in business some of us are in medical fields others are in education like there's a good mix of yeah. where CS are represented but I will say in general, like I think it's fair to say that we're very strong-willed. We, we're bold. We love to speak what's on our mind. I mean, to different extents, everybody's different, right? There's different personalities regardless of whether you're, or where you're at. But being involved, like you're, you're essentially trying to inspire and empower those around you, whether it's a Latina or anybody else. Mm. And you're trying to educate. You're trying to be better. You're trying, trying to strengthen the school first, but then also the community. Mm. And lastly, like, you want to give back. And I think that's something that, as I think about what fills my cup, is giving back. And actually this morning, I'm part of this, like, Mi Futuro program at Walmart, which is an awesome organization that they partner with Big Brothers Big Sisters, that we're able to go and mentor a high school student. So lucky for me, uh, the organization or the high school that they're working with right now is Heritage High School. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to Full go, circle. exactly, yeah, go is. back into those doors and be able to help this high school student and not only educate them knowledge exactly but you're able to empower them and just be like hey girl like this is this is what sucked and just be like super transparent maybe drop some cuss words so they can relate to you Mm -hmm. but just like probably (laughs) (laughs) mine's mine's a but i love her i love Mm. her she's super sweet (laughs) and we worked with great gatsby today after our our goal setting but it's it's that right and you can still maintain that as you go through and like for me as I think about the businesses I have worked for that's the reason why I'm Walmart, I'm at Walmart mm-hmm. because the impact the importance of community the importance of giving back is there mm-hmm. like the culture is so rooted and truly trying to be a better steward of the community mm-hmm. and I get it that they're big bad Walmart but also keep in mind that that's what gives us the leverage to lower the cost of living yeah. for everybody and I know Miguel had a really really great example <laughs> that I would actually love him to <laughs> chat uh, chat with us on that, that's that's your cue no uh so uh I got health insurance and it kicked in at the beginning of this year because I was going through the marketplace and then it turns out that like I wasn't eligible so I'm not getting like a discount I'm paying full-on for insurance like mm. a buckload so Anyway, so, so, so I give my <laughs> buckload, <laughs> and, then, and then I go to the dentist because I, you know, I have some stuff bothering me, and I was like, let me go get ch- that checked out. And then, um, and then pretty much my insurance, like, uh, like they were like, oh, you're, you actually can't you know, get anything Covered. really done for another six months. Damn. So, I mean, I, I, I go to my go-to, what I've been doing in the past, uh, when I need a, 
like help and I didn't have insurance, you know? I, yeah. I go to Walmart Health, man. And I know a lot of people frowned upon it because like, where do you go to your doctor? You know, Walmart. That's, yeah, <laughs> that sounds really do, weird. Do, do people really frown on it or are you projecting, Miguel? I mean, I, I, I feel like... I feel like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm judging yeah. myself. I've never heard anybody say like... Oh, yeah, but, like, but have you ever heard of a doctor at Walmart? No, but I'm not I've, shopping. My <laughs> my mom and my stepfather took their uh, their puppy to Walmart. Walmart apparently, yeah. they, apparently yeah. they help dog. out doggies too now. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like I, I know, especially if I told like my my California people, like. I go to the doctor at yeah. Walmart. They'll be like, "What?" Because Walmart's the? in different areas are not as nice. as <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes. Maybe like not Costco, yeah. like not yeah. Costco. <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. um, but they've always been really good on their prices. They're able to take me in pretty fast, and uh, and they're able to work with you. They have plans, and a lot of these other people they don't. You know, uh, and Miguel's oh, not we getting three thousand bucks right now. Yeah. Oh, oh. And Miguel's not getting paid to say this. He's literally like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, non-sponsored yeah, ad. That's what, <laughs> what he feels. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I do do a lot of business with them, so. Hey, um, so one one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about, you talked about the corporate world. You know that you've worked, you know, with Univision in New York. You've done, you work with Tyson and, and Walmart. Right now you're uh, currently uh, a merchant for, is it Mac and Cheese, Kids Meal, and, and Kosher Foods Merchant. Yes. That's the official yes. title, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what, does, what does your job consist of right now? I will say I love my job. I love my job. And it goes back to there is a very real impact that I'm able to drive every single day. And more importantly, I'm also working with all these big guys, Kraft, Conagra, like think all the huge suppliers. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I get to influence them there. Mm. And I'm sure you guys would would agree that Walmart matters to them. Mm. We're, 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 We're a big customer. Yeah. And in this role, I'm fighting day in, day out to ensure that America is able to feed their family and able to feed themselves. And in this category specifically, because I actually used to be in pets, which was also a lot of fun. Mm. But in this category specifically, it's food. And it's the lower income food Mm -hmm. that are customers that are what we call price sensitive and truly needing those everyday low prices. They're shopping my category day in, day out. And pennies matter. Mm -hmm. Pennies matter. So I say that I I fight every single day to ensure that our customers are I mean America is able to put a meal on the table for their family. Mm. And for me that's so meaningful from a impact standpoint. But as I think about my personality again I'm I'm very outgoing, I'm very strong-willed. I negotiation makes me happy, like I'm here for it. Let's let's go back and forth. So it also aligns very well with who I am and how I am. And I, I like to make sure that I have ownership, I'm making decisions, I make an impact, and I'm hopefully making this world a little bit of a better place to live. Mm. I was going to say, um, I, I don't mean to keep plugging Walmart over here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just say they're paying you. Yeah. <laughs> He's drinking the Kool-Aid. Because, I mean, they, they can really pay us. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, just I, saw, I can I, talk to some people. I, I, just saw, <laughs> I just saw Gabby slip a $20 bill. <laughs> He's like, keep but, on going. But so I remembered, you know, when I lived in California, like Walmart, you don't go to Walmart. You know, I don't, I don't know why you just didn't go. Maybe it was a, like a, a cool thing. You know, cool kids don't go More to Walmart. More of a Costco kind of thing. Yeah, Costco. Well, I mean, Target. they had really good pizza. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, so you didn't go. And I mean, and I know there's like towns trying to keep Walmart in L.A. like mm-hmm. out of out of their town, yeah. you know? And um, so when I moved here, 
like Walmart for me was like a really bad thing. I was like, yeah. why? You know, why is everybody shop here? <laughs> but but then it's different here. Like when I came here, they're huge and they were open twenty four seven. Like like you said, uh, what's a, a DJ Afrosia was talking about. Going like, to the parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> they, they just used to hang out in the parking lot because <laughs> because they were open twenty four seven. But anyway. So, you know, I, I came here and, and, and while going through rough patches, like I had to like shop at Walmart, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because no matter you go to Harps or anywhere else, like it's just a little more expensive. And at that time, pennies did pennies matter. matter. Yeah, man. And like and, and I remember like hating it. Like, man, I can't believe I'm shopping at Walmart. But I had to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, so I mean, people, that's one of the things that I, I, I talk about, because I mean, I have friends that now are. Now I'm uh, <laughs> shopping all the time. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have friends that are uh, very anti-Walmart and I understand that, too. But then I also like pe people, the general people that are not involved in like activism and stuff like they need to find things they need to find food that like they can afford mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and, and they need to find uh that isn't a dollar general yeah mm -hmm. i mean that the the, the quality is good and that and that they can afford and if and 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 that's why you know the walmarts are the most visited stores in our area like you go to the spring to walmart which people call the mexican walmart on oh, yeah. uh, on 71 <laughs> business and you know it, us latinos and marshallese you know we occupy that walmart because that's that's the place where we can find everything that mm -hmm. we need for mm -hmm. the most part. So I think that that's one of the things that, that needs to be that needs to be mentioned. So for you, Gabby, you know, you're you're currently at Walmart under this uh, under this title. Um, there's probably people listening that kind of want to get into, you know, a similar role, like when they graduate the university. Any kind of tips that you can give people in regards to like, I don't want to say move up the ladder, yeah. but like but to find a, a job that they that they really like and, and they enjoy in corporate. Yeah, I would say first and foremost, be sure that you be you powerfully. Mm. I want to say that again. Be you powerfully because there's no one else, no one else that's going to be you. There's no one else that's going to bring the unique perspective, the background, the context, the voice that you're going to be able to bring and own it. Mm. Own it. So to that, no tengas pena. I think my biggest learning, especially as I came out from undergrad, and I'm not going to beat myself too much for this because, again, first-gen Latina, I didn't know what I was doing. I was really penosa. And that doesn't, that doesn't work in corporate America. And it goes kind of – it also ties back to how we as women were raised to an extent of do what you got to do, keep your head down. If, if you do a good job, things are going to happen for you. No. No. Yeah. Maybe that'll get you the first promotion, maybe the second promotion, and you're going to stop because working hard is not enough. It is not enough. Let me say it again. Working hard is not enough. Mm -hmm. It's important, but it's not going to get us to those leadership, to those C-suite spots that truly make this world go round and drive an impact and have those dollars behind them, right? So be you powerfully. Use your voice. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't and maybe if you're too uncomfortable to say it in the room at first, follow up with that person. Send them an email. Hunt them down and find them. Let them know that you're curious, that you want to know more, that you want to help, that you want to be there, that you want to be involved. Mm. And I think lastly, I would say remember that you are where you are for a reason. And you know a lot more than you think. Mm. As I think about my role now, I hesitate to be like, oh, I'm an expert in this. And then I start to think about it and I'm like, holy smokes, I'm an expert in this. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's too. like, 
understand like be you powerful but also understand your power Mm -hmm. and don't do it in a way that you're going to brag about look how awesome I am and look how wonderful I've done but put it in the perspective of what is the impact you're driving and for me guess what I'm helping save people money millions of dollars a year that I'm going out and negotiating with these suppliers Mm -hmm. millions of dollars I think one of the things when I was when I was looking you up on the internet I saw that you uh, emphasize a lot on the word negotiating uh, why is that important to you? Why is why why have you emphasized a lot on that? Why do you care about the that process so much? I think in any relationship, you can call it negotiating, you can call it compromising. It's the same thing. If you cannot compromise, you need to go work on yourself as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. You need to go work on yourself on, as a person. You need to understand why that word is scary for you, why you don't feel comfortable giving to get, and then come back and let's ha- and have a conversation with that individual. Mm. But as I think about any relationship, whether it's your mom and dad, whether it's me and my supplier or me and my partner, I'm not going to always get exactly what I want. That's not realistic. That's not what relationships are for. Relationships are for collaborating, coming together for this common purpose of in in business, it's, hey, we want to make sure that we are serving the customer in the best way that we can every mm. single day. And guess what, supplier? The customer pays your bills and the customer pays my bills. Mm. In a marriage, it's, hey, we're fighting for this marriage and we decided to be together for the rest of our life in theory. So that's what you got to keep in mind, mm. right? What's best for the marriage? Not, what, not what's best for me or what's best for you. What's best for the marriage and how? what are gives and takes and compromises or negotiations so that we can both come out happy and feeling like we won. And I think ultimately, that's that's the biggest piece of negotiating. You don't want to fight for a bigger piece of the pie. You want to fight for a bigger pie. Mm. Like you want to extract so much value from this conversation and this collaboration with whoever you're negotiating against that it's not necessarily, oh, I won and my piece of the pie is bigger. It's, hey, we were able to really come together here and look how much bigger this pie is. Do you do you ever find yourself or have you found yourself in a situation because in the corporate world a lot of the times it is kind of like white dominated sometimes even white male dominated Yes <laughs> any, Still true. any experiences any any kind of we don't I mean we don't have to we don't have to say names or anything, yeah. but like, uh, but like I won't say companies yeah, yeah. but I will say like I have straight up been told to my face I cannot speak with you because you're a woman mm. 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 Yeah. So what company was this from? <laughs> Where was this? Who was that? What is it, right? Hey, what is Are they still there? <laughs> I mean, it, it, how did you react to that? I didn't say anything, and I'm very disappointed in myself because I didn't say anything. Mm. But I didn't know what to say, and yeah. I should have stood up for myself. I yeah. should have said something. And I will say, my peer at the time, they heard it, and they went and told my direct boss at the time, and. This person was like, ha, 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 so-and-so. Like, um, it was just, it was dismissed. So, yeah. like, I'm, to an extent, I'm kind of, I still regret not saying something, but it wouldn't have changed anything. But it, but it won't happen again, right? Uh, let's say I'm not, no longer with that organization for a reason. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, like, you won't, you won't let it happen again. Yes, after, yes. After you've Staying already, quiet. yeah. After you've already uh, gone through that experience. Because, I mean, we all have experiences like that where we experience something for the first time and it's like our, 
our fight and and fright response sometimes is just fright, and we just like freeze. And, I was and, shocked, and because it's the first time you experience something like that, so you don't know how to react. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about it later, you're like, okay, oh, going yeah. forward, I'll never yeah. let this happen again. I've experienced that with racism, and also like letting letting all the higher ups, GMs, and everybody know, hey, like I just got profiled by these mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people, and then them just waving it off. And not caring. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what? Like, nobody cares that I just got harassed? Anyway. <laughs> I, will say, I will say that's, like, in my experiences, I think that's where it's hurt more, where it came from someone that I saw as a mentor. Mm-hmm. And it was actually more of a, a racist comment than it was a sexist comment. But they essentially alluded to, like, the brown girls always hanging out together. And I was like, mm-hmm. at the time, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to I need to go and network more. I'll, I'll do better. Mm-hmm. But then again, right, like you go back and reflect and you're like, wait a minute, we're we're literally on the same team. We're literally always in basically exact same meetings. It's not like we're intentionally alienating mm. everyone else. It's we got to get our work done. And we're going to make comments like that. Yeah, that's probably why you're not invited to hang out with us. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in, in, in the corporate world, Gabby, what would you say is like your goal? What do you want to do? Yeah. Do you set goals or do you just kind of go with the flow? I mean, from a like associate level standpoint, of course, you have to set goals. Like I have like financial metrics I have to set. I have yeah. like a personal development plan that I want to hit and all that good stuff. But I would say like me as an individual, like I do want to get to a position where I'm able to more influence and really inspire and empower others. And I think about this last year, I was able to get involved in the organizing of the Hispanic Heritage Month mm-hmm. and really being loud and proud of all things that make us Latinos, who we are, what we are where we're from and there was a layer of it that was really disheartening because we were trying to get more influential higher level Latinos to come and be panelists and you know be involved and and speak to the organization speak to other Latinos so it goes back to if if you can see it you can be it mm-hmm. it was so hard to find someone mm-hmm. it was so hard and there are, I kid you not, like from a woman's standpoint, there is literally two that essentially get asked to do everything yeah. because that's that, that's our option. And then from a man's standpoint, there's a little bit more variety. But then I look at the Latino leaders. A lot of them came from Central and South America, mm. Walmart. They mm. don't have the same experience as me. It's not the same. It's not the same. I'm not going to be able to relate to a VP that was a senior director in Argentina and just moved to the U.S. as a VP. Mm. And his story is not going to ever be mine. It's just yeah. not. That makes sense. Um, so there's still a lot of work to do. And mm. I will say, at least the organization that I'm in now, they know this. And there are a lot of conversations. But this is also where you can't just sit back and be like, oh. Well, if they know it, they're working on it. No, you got to be co- you got to be loud. You got to mm. be loud, and you got to call people out. And quite honestly, like as part of the Hispanic Heritage Month, I had to do that with someone. There was there was some there was a flyer that what it had maracas and crunchy tacos on it or what? No, it, <laughs> it, it, no, it had um, people of color, so African American Latinos, so Afro Latinos. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And somebody had made a comment of this isn't. Um, Black History Month. This is Hispanic History Month. Damn. I was, I was offended by the comment. And then, but it was an opportunity to educate, right? Mm -hmm. It was an opportunity to educate. There's Afro Latinos. This is 
they need to be seen just as much as everyone else does. And let's be real. There's a lot of racism within Latinos. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of it. Yeah. Even between our races, Mexicans and Salvadorians, we've been yeah. races with each other all we the got time. I like how how the Salvadorians are on one side of the room and then the like, the Mexicans are on the side of the room. Like I said, we got beef. <laughs> Why'd you position us this way, man? But I have I have three more more fun questions to ask, and Elena and Miguel are more than welcome to interrupt me in case they have their own questions. Um, but to, to okay, find number one. <laughs> So, fun question number one. Uh, you have traveled a lot. What is your favorite place you've been to so far and why? Oh, my gosh. That is so hard. I will say that's something as we think about gratefulness and if you see it, you can be it. I did not go on my first inter- first international trip in 2015. So it was, I was 23, 22. I had just graduated college like the year mm. after. I went to the Dominican Republic with just my one of my girlfriends. It was so fun. And then I feel like I've just been addicted since. Mm. But it is so humbling and educative. And quite honestly, like you learn about the world, but you also learn about yourself to go out and travel. And like to me, as I think about, I don't know if I can choose one, Mm -hmm. but I would say my favorites so far have been Greece. I loved Greece. Thailand, absolutely incredible. And then. I've heard of Thailand. That's actually on my list. Anyway, 10 out of 10. Um, and then I think it would be a tie between Ecuador because we got to go to the Galapagos mm. or oh, Cartagena. Wow. Oh, wow. Cartagena was amazing. Like the culture was just unreal. Mm. Okay. That, that's, those are good points. Even though you pick like four or five. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the world's a beautiful place. Qu- question number two. Uh, I read on a post that you had read 51 books. What, what was your favorite one that you've read this past year? You read 51 books in 2023? Yes. Damn, that's a lot. So I only you got. Don't to have OCD because I would have stopped at fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I only I don't. got to like this year. It's sad, but I only got to like eight eight books. Which that's more than yeah, a lot that's of me. I know, but I had I got three. I, think. I had a set goal like fifteen or twenty, and I did. That's only still did, really good. I only that's did really eight. Good. But don't what, beat yourself up. What was your favorite? I am a sucker for romance novels. No judgment. Like Fabio, kind of like. Or just like more more modern? Uh, more modern. Okay. More modern. Fault in Our Stars kind of thing? Ish. Ish. Yeah. If it makes me cry, I feel better about it. Okay. But it doesn't have to make me cry. Yeah. I would say my absolute favorite that I, like the inks, the storytelling, the way it was written, like, ugh. I also read it in Thailand, so maybe that's why I also feel yeah. like this awesome connection with it. But it's called A Love Letter to Whiskey. Mm. Okay. And I seriously downloaded it. It was for free. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to check it out. And I could not put it down. It is so good. Okie dokie. Love to whiskey. For those listening, if you have a Spotify, you're able to use 20 hours of free books. Like you can find any book on Spotify and you can do like the audio reads for free. Oh. 20 hours, just a heads up for anybody that's listening. Um, and well, I actually have two more questions. I lied. It was four questions. <laughs> this, this one is is uh, for the folks that are listening that are young folks that are still at the university, still in high school, you know, that that dream, you know, to do certain things like, like that you're doing in the corporate world. Um, any other kind of uh, advice or any other kind of tips that you can give them in in regards of I know you kind of gave yeah. on, on like the whole like you know be putting yourself out there more like just be extroverted and, and, and all I, that I think a big one that I didn't talk about is be selfish mm. like do things for you mm. that's what our Caucasian and, and or male <laughs> counterparts are doing they're reaching out and building con- connections intentionally for them, for mm-hmm. themselves. 
to get ahead, to learn more or to be a part of something like be selfish and be selfish unapologetically. Mm. It's okay. And I know that we like man or woman, I think it's safe to say we as Latinos, we we tend to be a little bit more humble. We tend to be a little bit more reserved. We tend to be like kind of this mentality of like, I'm grateful for what I have and who I have. And no, no quiero molestar a nadie. That's I don't want to waste their time. No. One of the things that I tell people all the time is like when you walk into a room, own the room. Yeah. Like raise your head, smile at people. Not not necessarily like you have to smile, but like, like, like project that you belong because people can feel when you when like when you don't belong or when you're like too humble or like mm-hmm. or when you're just super shy. Yep. And I learned this when I ran in, when I ran for office. Like I would walk into these like white uh, rooms, you know, of powerful people. And I showed the confidence that yep. I belonged in this room and, and I'm going to bring people in here. It's not going to be just me. Like I'm going to open the door so other people can come in. Because if you don't do that, like yep. you don't connect with people mm-hmm. and people don't feel drawn to you. And if you really want to like, you know, build connections or, or tear down doors for other people, like you have to you have to kind of like kick yes. that door down yes. and, and show people like I'm here. Yep. You know? There's there's a quote, too, that's like project confidence because everyone is secretly shitting inside. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. But I think to that point, like as you think about walking into the room, yes, walk into the room, be confident, be loud, be proud. Pull up a chair. Pull up your own chair if you have to, but pull up a chair. And listen, when if you're the person at the table, pull up a chair for someone else. Mm-hmm. Invite Miguel, mm-hmm. even if he's Salvadorian. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know we got beef. A Salvadorian said that. It's okay because a Salvadorian said that. I do that stuff. I like pull chairs, man. Like, yeah. it, it was asked me to do something or fill that. Like, I'll move furniture around so I can write comfortably. Like, I don't know if that, Miguel, that's where you're going at. I mean, literally, no. <laughs> Miguel is that kind of person, though, like, where, where he also does what I was talking about. Like, he goes into a room and he, he shows, like, I belong here. Yes. <laughs> like, he does that. I, he's one of the yes. people that I've, that I, because I do that, too. Like, I, I'm, I'm always, like, thinking about that. And, and, and when I hung out with Miguel, I see that he does that, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that, Miguel. Oh, yeah. No, see, because uh, thank you for mentioning that, because I was always I'm always thinking, like, like, is it too much? You know? No. Yeah. So. Uh, so thank you. No, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. And uh, my last question is the question that I ask everybody. That Wait, before you do okay, that. Okay, okay. Pause. Please <laughs> yeah, pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hold off on that question. Who I just knows? wanted to ask, um, starting uh, Sorori. How does one go about doing that? Like, what did, what, what did you have to go yeah. through? Yeah. You got to re- ask the right questions, reach out to the right people. You got to be patient. And I will say, like, for this process, it felt like applying for a job. Like, you have an application you have to fill out. You have an interview you have to do. There were people from other chapters that came in. Like, they flew in into Arkansas, a little old Arkansas, into XNA. They may or may not have judged Northwest Arkansas a little bit. It's fine. It's fine. It's not for everybody. Because a lot of the hermanas, or some of the hermanas came from, like, New York. I get it, culture shock. But (laughs) I I would say, like, it was a lot of asking questions both with the organization but also with the University of Arkansas because they had to approve it, right? Like, we had to follow the process, make a case of, like, hey, there's a gap here. There are students that are being – that are not – being served, there's an opportunity for us to be better as a university and ensure that we're being inclusive of everybody. And this is our our recommendation. This is our proposal. This is the organization themselves. And then, you know, connect the dots there. And then you just got to, you can't take no for an answer. Like you got to just keep fighting for it. And I will say that being, being, dedicated and persistent worked in that but it's also going to work in your career it's going to work in 
life in general. Yeah. And in starting that, luckily we had, of course we had we had each other to to lean on and support and be able to approach it as a team and do so as one. Um, but in, actually, like, so we have line names, and our line name is Ubuntu, which translates to "We are who we are." I am who I am because of who we are, mm-hmm. loosely, and that's like it felt very much so as we were starting to really bring this organization to life and let the university once we crossed and it was formal, let the university know like, hey, we're here and we're, we want to empower, we want to educate, we want to celebrate because yeah. you want to have fun. You're, you're, you're still young. Yeah, you're in um, college. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then you're able to see like, of course now, like I'm not at the university anymore, but you're able to see that legacy continue. Yeah. And you're able to see these women just like, it's the fruit of your labor, right? Like you see them and you're like, oh my gosh. For generations. Are you gonna say yes. Um, now, when somebody starts their own uh, sorority, do they... Um, is it always a student or is it usually like some older person with money? I can't speak to every sorority, but I would say at least the the Latino sororities, I would imagine, would have to come from a student. Okay. Um, but I, I, I can't speak for, for everybody else. And, okay. and I guess going back, this is not my last question, by the way. So I, <laughs> this Miguel, doesn't Miguel, count. Miguel brought up a, a good question that, that made me think of something. What about if a young Latina goes to University of Arkansas? What's what's their steps to join the CS? Like yeah, what, I love that. What does that look like? So the the girl the the organization typically holds what we call informationals, where it's just that, right? You go in, you get to learn about what it means to be in Hermandad de Sigma Yota Alpha Incorporada, what it entails, what requirements are, and there are requirements. Like you have to have a certain GPA. Like at the end of the day, like you are a student class comes first Mm. um of course there's going to be time involvement of planning the events doing community service giving back so you get to really understand just who they are what's expected and why these women are in it right and then at that point you could either choose to engage and move forward you can be like maybe let me go hang out with them and see what it's all about Mm -hmm. see see if it's if it's something that i i want to do and like i will also say like you don't have to formally join the organization to be able to just speak and bounce ideas off with these women that are there right mm-hmm. at the end of the day like we just want to empower and inspire mm. and educate okay. so that would be the most formal way mm-hmm. but if there is you know conflict or maybe you work full time and you can't make an informational reach out to any of us reach i mean reach out to me reach out to any of the girls if, if you guys know of any that are at the current okay. chapter university of arkansas just shoot them a dm an ig or on, on on Facebook. The CS have an Instagram. Yep. There's an Instagram. There's a Gmail. Like, there's tons of different ways you can reach out and communicate. We're all happy to help. And I will say, like, you don't have to be an undergrad. You could be a graduate. Like, you could be Elena if she mm-hmm. wanted to join, right? There's there's a graduate chapter that is also just as much an option okay. that gives you the same thing, right? Just at a more elevated level, or not elevated, but just a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. In undergrad. Mm-hmm. What, is, what are you most proud of that you accomplished last year? Oh, man. I think what I'm most proud of is I was recognized by my leadership to go to 
SMU, which is Southern uh, Methodist University in Texas and Dal- in the Dallas area. Oh, I worked there before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I've heard that they're also known as Southern Millionaire University. That it's supposed to be like super expensive to go there. Bougie. Oh, I, I mean, Bougie. They, they like we usually get catering, but like the the, the parents or. or people brought in their own barbecue food oh, and gosh. it was really like nice. Usually we just get, anyway. It, catering's not, it's not bad usually, but this was really like barbecue stuff and oh, yeah, wow. it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my, my leaders sought me as a, a rising Latina leader mm-hmm. and I was able to go and be immersed in a week of leadership training and cultural awareness, quite honestly. Mm. And it was so, it was so unexpected because this idea of leadership was rooted in having the highest level of self-awareness. Mm. And it's like, you cannot be a leader if you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And it was this idea of being vulnerable with yourself and with others and sharing your story and telling your story. And it was just so refreshing because there was also a lot of cultural elements that hold us back that I feel like we don't talk about like the whole like work hard and things will happen no no están las manos de Dios no están tus manos like I'm sorry I'm sorry if that offends anybody but están tus manos and it's not to say that Dios doesn't have your back but están tus manos and so it was it was just it was very raw and it was very real and relevant and as like I had never thought about leadership as self-awareness, but I think being self-aware, like, yes, it makes you a better leader, but it just makes you a better person. And yeah. I think with that comes this idea of be open and if anything, be thirsty for feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feedback is a gift. Mm-hmm. Now, not all feedback is a gift, of course. Some people are negative. There's negative Nancy's, mm. but more than more often than not, feedback is growth. Is growth. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, my final question is, what do you do to take care of your mental health? Oof, that's a good one. I will say I love to do things that make me happy. Like at the end of the day, like my goal, like maybe not everybody's goal in life, but my goal in life is to be happy. The goal is happiness. Yeah. So I take those little moments to do just that. And for me, that's taking care of my physical health. So I, I love to go on a run. I'm actually signed up officially to do my first ever half marathon. Hawkeye, yeah. go, go cheer me on. Yeah. August 20th. Um, yeah. So right now I'm training for that. I also love to cook and I love to eat because I'm a fatty. Mm. So I do that a lot. And right now I'm kind of challenging myself just to try different recipes. And like that's, mm. a, that's a way to explore the world too, right? Mm-hmm. Under- yeah. Understanding different cultures, dishes, and ingredients, and the complexity that brings this together. Mm-hmm. I love to read, so I've been doing that a lot too. And it, it's a good way to disconnect from the screen, like not be on TikTok all the time. And it really just like, it it takes me to a different world. So that's mm. why I love it. And of course, just hanging out with those that love and prioritize you, my friends and family. It's been, it, there's, there's nothing better. Oof. Well, there you go. Thank you for for making time to be here. We really appreciate you and having this conversation. Hopefully, it inspires people. You know, hopefully, people listen to this episode and say, "I liked it." 
I can do this. <laughs> say, I can do this too. You know, I can, if, if there's an example, I always think examples are so important to see someone mm-hmm. do something like it's so important specifically yeah. with people of color to see an example of a person of color doing something. It's like, okay, well it's doable. Yeah. It's not yes. an impossible. Like it was maybe 20, 30 years ago when there wasn't very much examples of people of color here in Northwest Arkansas doing cool yep. things like this, you know? Uh, yes. But I would also say you can be that example. Mm-hmm. You can be that example. You can do it. Well, there you go. Thank you all for uh, for for listening to this episode. Uh, it was episode two hundred and thirty two of the District Three podcast, featuring uh, Gabby Caceres. Um, you should follow her on social media. Uh, we, we do you want to do you want to include what your social media is, or are you scared At of, of Gabby of, underscore, underscore giggles? Gabby giggles. Well, there you go, Gabby <laughs> underscore giggles on on Instagram. No and, judgment. Uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't judge you. Um, but for everybody listening, like I said, that was at the end of episode 232 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Edwin. This is Elena. And uh, Mix signing off. Bye.